Seth. Hello, and welcome to season five, episode one of How I Spent My Allowance. Uh, we are starting our review uh, slash discussion about The War of the Lance, which is the third book in the second Tales trilogy in the Dragonlance universe, of course. And when I say we, I mean, of course, I am myself, Seth Alcorn. I'm Naomi Collard. I'm Ricky Whitworth. I'm Patrick Donahue. And I'm James Finley. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, we did it. Um, even without the chant. Even without the chant. <laughs> I tried oh. to start it before you as, as you started hitting record. So, yeah. I was panicking the whole time because I was like, wait, I haven't done the chant in months. <laughs> Welcome back. Rick Patrick James. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, folks, the War of the Lance is an anthology. And with these first couple of episodes, we might sort of be trying to figure out how much we can and should cover in a given episode. Uh, this episode, in fact, might be very short because we're just going to be talking about a poem. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see. Now, mind you, I do come from um, I do come from a, a literature program in, in deep academia where theoretically we could talk about a poem for days. Uh, I believe in us. Watch out. Yeah. Yeah, we just might. Here we go. <laughs> so challenge so accepted. We're taking a look. Uh, we're taking a look at uh, Lorac by Michael Williams, which is the story of one would think King Lorac of Sylvanesti. It's really more about the dragon orb. Yeah, yeah. Like it should have been called the Lorac's dragon orb. They really <laughs> needed to give those things names. Yeah. Well, I have mean. Them- you got to assume that the dragon orb has had other adventures. Like this is but one chapter in its long and storied history. Yeah, that's mm. true. I might I, read that book. Just it, the, the story of the dragon orb from its point of view. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, that would be interesting because they definitely do have points of view and personalities. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Which I, is why I, they need names. Like I kind of agree exactly, with you. That, like, yeah. There's a dude in the orb that reaches out and grabs people. That's like a person. <laughs> I I have to. Th- I mean, they're they're essentially fantasy AI, is what they are. Um, and I, I have to think Tasselhoff's orb is just pissed. Yeah, like it, it's it's got to be thinking like, wait a minute, I survived. I did not get blown up during the Magic Wars, and I, and a Kender threw me at a rock. That's how I, it ends. I, I this call, is my fate. I call bullshit on this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds like, like Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff the Dragon. Just, <laughs> just follow that one and like yeah. come to that anticlimactic end. And then as the camera zooms in onto one tiny shard, you just see the two little hands flipping. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Margaret Weiss, Tracy Hickman, and Wizards of the Coast, do we have an idea for you? Since you guys are writing new Dragonlance, we would like to contribute. Come on, you know you're going to publish about everything and everyone. Why not a series about the Dragon Orbs? Honestly. Done. Yeah. Make it happen, cowards. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I think calling calling the the poem Lorax Dragon Orb might be a little too close to copyright territory with a certain 
uh, Susical brand. Oh, just because you're I saying know, that's Lorax. <laughs> yeah, I did I... make that joke during that <laughs> during one of the episodes <laughs> of Winter Night. I mean, this poem does over and over again talk about like being one with the trees, so it's, it's yeah. getting a little close. Yeah, yeah. The but like, I, it, I assume the dragon army came down and was like, "Look, you can have peace as long as you give us the needs." And they were, and they're like, "What?" needs like yeah needs shut up anyway (laughs) so i'm i'm going to say this and i think i've said this before um i'm not necessarily a fan of blank verse although having said that i i will say that there's definitely some modernist poems like i am a fan of some of the big t.s Eliot stuff um but I also just don't like Michael Williams for the most part. <laughs> is blank first what this is? I think so. Okay. I was going to ask you what it was because yeah. I don't tend to like poems that don't rhyme. Um, yeah, that's what I was reading this and I was like, this is beautiful. And that's whatever this is, I would like to do more of this. Yeah. It's... You mean you mean run on sentences? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're broken um the cadence like it's not iambic pentameter but the way that the emphasis falls on the words it's broken really well and even when the pattern changes it flows pretty easily like yeah, it does I'm, have it does have good rhythm i yeah intentional rhythm yeah. intentional rhythm it may be better performed um i'm pet sitting a cat and i made her listen to my performance of this instead of just reading it straight and it flows so well <laughs> If you yeah. donate at the hundred and fifty dollar a month Patreon tier, there, there we go. <laughs> we will record Ricky reading this poem. Sorry, I'm just uh, no <laughs> volunteering you for that. Set Ricky. a Patreon goal for that. That would be hilarious. Uh, and I, I will steal Kathy again, uh, and we'll make her purr into the mic too. Nice. Yes. I love that. I love that. That's man. the tier above. Yeah, that's the yeah. two hundred dollar month tier to get the yeah. cat, the, the incidental vocals, <laughs> and that's to. Uh, pay my friend Jess for the emotional damage of me breaking into her house and reading this poem. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're in there with a mic and stuff. You're like... Hmm? In the closet with her cat. The, in the closet <laughs> with her cat. Shh, we were trying not to wake you up. Shh. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it's... Okay, so I want to say that he has a lot of imagery that he uses uh like and and this is in other poems too like blood um is going to show up it, it's shown up in some of the dragonland stuff you see it i think more in the legends trilogy when they turn to him for poem he's talking about blood but there is um i i want to say i think uh tannis's farewell letter to kitty Ara, he mentions like blood in the water and she's like a shark or something like that but you, you see he, blood is an image that that resonates with Michael Williams and the whole uh, history twining thing. I want to say that sort of imagery too of this web or, or, or structure of something like vines or something like that, that, that surrounds you is a big thing, but I mean, really it's, it's just, this is, you know, uh, yeah. So the first movement, I guess, of- in 13 pages of movements. Yes, that's right. Uh, 
it, it basically it starts off with a description of Sylvanesti, and this is an interesting idea. Just that the uh, the the phrases the country is haunted with old supposition and no matter your stories, no matter the rumors of legend and magic that illumine you through the curtain of years, you come to believe in the web of yourself that history twines in the veins of your fingers. So basically what's happening here is that um, the country of Sylvanesti has its own history and the idea of a country being haunted by its own history I mean, is something that for me is actually, again, for all that I don't like Michael Williams all that much, um, it, that, that's a rich vein to be mined, if you will excuse that. But, uh, and, I, and again, I'm just going to say this, I do have a degree in Irish studies, so I understand, I think, pretty well what it's like for a country to be haunted by its own history, uh, although that really should apply to pretty much every country. Um, but Lorik has taken this and he has decided to mean, basically, he has decided in his own mind that he's the chosen one. He's taken a look at all of the things that make up his country. And, you know, he's the king, so it's fair. And he's gone, well, I'm going to be the one to save it. Um, and then we turn to sort of motivation like perhaps it was love we get that repeated over and over again perhaps it was love or perhaps it was something else that caused Lorak to seek out a dragon orb um and it's nice we get a little history of the dragon orbs the fact that there were five of them and then uh the towers the two vanished towers they were destroyed now uh, here here's an interesting point i think if the dragon orb of istar can go oh all right i need to get out of here hey buddy hey hey come here you you uh you want to uh i don't know you want to save your country yeah sure save your country whatever pick me up come on take me with you it (laughs) it it seems to me there's enough reasonable doubt to assume that perhaps the two other dragon orbs did survive and are just laying low yeah they don't want to get picked up by a kender so yeah they they do not want to get picked up by a kinder or just left that's something also i didn't understand in winter night how apparently they couldn't just grab the dragon orb as they were fleeing the collapsing portions of the high clarice's tower they're like nope i guess we have to leave it here yeah because they shrink right yeah they do and that one seems like it would have done for self-preservation it would have been like oh no i'm a marble now put me in your pocket yeah i think I think they lack that craveability that uh that the adventure zone kind of coined for mysterious relics. Um, where like the plot of the balance arc is that there are these relics that have a certain craveability that draw people to them. Yeah, the old the old the old ring yeah. thing. Um Which, but they like, otherwise I feel have like that... they hint to that. Because the one that Raceland has Which is like, this one. one yeah yeah mm-hmm. is like come on come on do it let's make a deal talk <laughs> to me buddy talk to me talk to me <laughs> i think you can't like ignore me in your pocket like this dude and like that's I, I think like once you're in possession of it then you're like it's whispering in your ears sweet nothings but like if it's not in your possession then it's like oh there's just a marble whatever 
Oh, big gotcha. old bowling ball. Yeah, maybe. I also just like who wouldn't want one of these because apparently they do everything. Right. I mean, they they are like, and You're I don't want to. Be- if you have the will. Right. If you have the will, which is sort of a like maybe it's a, it's. <laughs> I'm not necessarily sure that it's a great test we should institute for the use of computers now, but perhaps if we had something like that. (laughs) Well, added to the list of things we're never actually allowed to do. I I watch a YouTuber who's like, you should have to have a license to have kids. I know we can't do it. You just should have to have one. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least go through some, go through some basic classes or something. It's like, Hey, no, here's some stuff that you will find useful on your journey through parenthood. Uh, or yeah. owning a dragon orb, but th- that's what they are. They they're <laughs> like they're fantasy computers, um, and they have some they have some cool apps on them. They have like the dragon controlling app that's pretty cool. Yeah. But they also apparently store spells. Well, I mean, it's like the collective power of like fifteen high level magic users of all yeah. colors, right? Who, so. who all died making this thing? Yep. So what's uh what's the timeline here? So like the first movement feels like, you know, this is an omnipotent narrator kind of setting the tone, but it's not really, you know, it it's just kind of like in the mists of history and yeah. setting setting the scene. And then the second movement, right? We're pre cataclysm. Yes. Right. I the first movement for me, I think, is Lorax's youth. That's what that feels like to me, like your Lorak as as a young man sort of developing his idea and then sort of heading off to the Tower of Istar, even though that's mostly covered in the second movement. But the the bit about perhaps it was love and the Towers of Thought and the Haunts of High Sorcery, like they're like he's headed off there. His mind, if you will, if I <laughs> if if I may borrow from Tolkien, his mind is bent hmm. towards the Towers of High Sorcery. Um, this is yeah okay all right yeah uh so oh and there's there's a mistake in here like there's some bad editing uh, i mean there are a couple of interesting things right? yeah well i mean lorak caladon is a good word yeah uh speaker of stars right first sort of paragraph of that second movement but when the dragon orb is talking to him it refers to him as the speaker of the suns which is the title of the leader of the qualanesti elves not the sylvanesti elves that's the entire other side of the continent yes yeah. so is there any I, reason it would do that i think it's an editing mistake oh yike okay yeah, because i was it, assuming this must mean something big I, capital letters but i don't i can't figure it out right because it's not a compliment because Sylvanesti is the original elven country. So it's not a compliment like it would be, say, like calling the Prime Minister of Great Britain the President of the United States. Well, it's, it was, it's, <laughs> I, you know, so, and, and mm, I, I, I don't know, but I, I, had to leave. Hmm? Could it be a, like a, a foreshadowing thing because all those people had to? maybe but even that's not like yeah i i don't know it just doesn't it just doesn't make a whole like i'd like it to have a meaning capital m but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh 
I, I do like the voice of the orb. Like just the, well, I'm just going to languish here. That's nothing's nothing's going to happen. It's all going to be for nothing unless unless the song of your thoughts, which is everything, is is the world controls and subdues and informs the mystery. Take me to Sylvanost. <laughs> the only thing that like makes sense to me is like pre elvish schism like there was a title of speaker of the sons and it's hearkening to that and the qualinesti kept that and the sylvanesti were like well this is uncomfortable we're not using that title <laughs> we're gonna be the speaker of the stars it's interesting if that's the case and i think i did read the the elven nations trilogy but i it's been a very long time um so I don't remember, but it would be, it's interesting that then Qualinesti got that in the divorce. Yeah. Um, Very much how Americans allegedly got the old English accent in the divorce. Yeah. Uh, and the right to drop unnecessary use from words. <laughs> um, yeah. I, the other thing that I find interesting about the second movement is that we have from Lorax's point of view, he's apparently Prometheus. apparently yeah right i'm bringing them fire i'm bringing them light in the old gods i am the first i will save them i will save them uh which you wouldn't know it if you looked at the artwork pre the poem oh we didn't talk about the artwork which is that is clearly uh a a dragons of winter night time frame because lorek is old and shriveled and he just has his hands on the dragon orb and doesn't look moving yeah, that crown doesn't look very elvish. No, Thunder, it gives me Thundercats vibes, honestly. Yes, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. very Mumra, Mumra, the ever living. <laughs> oh my God! Did you see the? Uh, I'm gonna do this, and I apologize to everybody. But did you did you hear the the Thundercats outtakes that were going around? It, which is it, like in 2005, which is basically no. the prehistory of the internet at this point. Oh wow. But there's want that <laughs> there's one of of Lion-O, It's very short, but there's one of Lion-O, like asking what the hell is a samaflange, <laughs> which is some sort of MacGuffin that they have. But the one that I'm thinking of is Mumra. <sighs> Sorry, everyone. Mumra just go show me your tits, my dear, and then just oh god, <laughs> yeah. Some things never change. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Feel the magic, hear the roar, everybody. You know he pulled that out at a bar every every Friday night. Yeah, he's like, you want to hear something? You want to hear something good? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Uh, that was uh, the Thundercats were very important to Seth, age eight. Um. They even had a King Arthur episode, although I think Transformers did too. There was a big like King Arthur movement in the eighties cartoon. In the eighties cartoons, where they're like, "Well, we gotta have a King Arthur episode." Got it. Can't can't do it with He Man because He Man kind of is King Arthur, but that's yeah, yeah. But shows that deliberately don't have swords planted in stones as a narrative thing, we should do that. Yeah. Um. So, okay, all right. So then we have the cataclysm. Third movement, the cataclysm. And we're just talking about that. And one of the things, I think one of the reasons that I don't necessarily like this story 
is because there's a whole lot of stuff in here that isn't really new. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it, it is sort of a, like, remember the history of Crin? Well, here it is only poetically. Um, the one thing that I do like for movement three is that it suggests that Lorak was using the dragon orb at that point to protect Sylvanesti from all of the stuff that's happening on the continent. Also, let's talk about the Cataclysm again, shall we? We haven't done that in a while. Guess what movie <laughs> I watched earlier this week? If you've been paying Power attention. Don't look up? What? No. no. Uh, don't look up. I watched oh. Don't Look Up. How was it? Ricky gets the chicken dinner. Um, yeah. How was it? I have well, thoughts. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good, but it's very stressful. It is not a movie you want to watch to relax because you're like, oh, yes, no, I know these. I know these people. I've seen them on the television. Uh, 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 uh. Um, you know, people yelling about don't look up. They just want to take your freedoms. Um, anyway, so but the, the reason I'm bringing it up at all here is that um, I mean, the gods must have been very carefully controlling what happened when they threw the fiery mountain at Istar because I'm pretty sure that to get the destruction they describe of the city that was probably an extinction level event like uh, honestly yeah so I, I think maybe they once again they had a vote they decided that the fiery mountain was the best way to go and then somebody while well, it's on the way down is like ooh um so physics are a thing. We're going to have to throttle that back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to kind of contain uh, about 90% of what, what's actually going to happen if we want to have a planet left. And then everybody did that thing where they suck the air in through their teeth and, you know, just a big, ooh, yeah, mm, that's, mm, yeah. Let's make the core of it hollow. That way it's less, you know, it'll be fine. Yeah, that's, that's all physics. Don't worry about it. If you're a um, physicist, don't at me. Instead, <laughs> just like come up with a better explanation. Yeah. And then uh, you know, like the uh the city sinks below the the ocean and Techies is like, I'm just gonna steal this temple. Yoink. Yoink. Anybody I think uh, he's right. I mean, impact is driven somewhat significantly by mass. So if you take oh, yeah. a lot of mass out of it without decreasing the surface area, then it's gonna hit less because it'll be going slower than something of mass yeah and and of, of course it being hollow it will it will shatter on impact and the uh um shrapnel damage will be more effective Maybe. i like to think of the core as more of as uh interconnecting series of tunnels which is what <laughs> makes it hollow <laughs> all right there we go. for a second i thought you were gonna say creamy nougat yeah there we go no it's, it's a, the fiery mountain had a delicious caramel center and uh, that's i do love those no. volcano cakes no because then the creamy cent- the caramel center would be molten it Hot. would be molten it, that would be and sticky it would but be it, so much damage it's called a mountain of fire after after, after centuries under the ocean the caramel would have dissolved Mm. 
That's what I'm saying. It becomes sea salt care. <laughs> you want ants? Because this is how you get ants. <laughs> you heard it uh, here. This is the origin story of ants on Kren. <laughs> um, I think it could be really, really fun if we had an episode at some point where we just invite a couple of different scientists from different disciplines and just field different questions about the history of Kryn. Be like, all right, so this meteor did this thing. You're a physicist. <laughs> Under what circumstances is this possible? Because you have to accept the premise that it happened. Um, I actually know a physicist. As do I. Uh but uh, but he does not work with this type of physics. He's he's more an more a, an energy guy. But I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have so. I say we call I say we call CW rules. If he's a physicist, that means he knows everything about science. <laughs> so we need to get a quantum physicist here, and we need to ask him the most mechanical physics questions we can possibly find. <laughs> We're like, exactly. Yeah. So according to Newtonian rules, he's like, shut up, shut up, quantum tunneling, <laughs> shut up. Uh, all right. I, I really want to hear how somebody would force quantum tunneling into Kren. I just, I need to know. Let's well, do think, it. I think teleportation, right? Raceland turns himself into light and teleports to Palantis. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Come Some, up with your own steaming scientific questions and we'll get a panel of scientists on We'll get show. a panel of scientists to be on this show. I'm sure our, our dozens of listeners will be very, very excited. I mean, at a slightly dozen... lower Patreon buy-in than me reading this poem to my cat. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the fourth movement. Um, I wish I'd said that in a non-repetitive way, but there we are. I'll fix it in post. Um, the now now it's it's uh fourth dragon war time. Uh, we get the whole like the the armies are massing in the north. Somebody comes down to Lorak and says, basically, look, just don't interfere. We'll, we'll leave you alone if we just don't if you, you just don't interfere. And Lorak's response is, sure. All right, everybody, out of the country, leave the country. Everybody, leave the country. I'm going to go ahead and use this dragon orb, and um. And again, the dragon orb is like, no, 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 don't send me out of the country. You keep me here. Everything will be fine. Go ahead. Just, just put your hands on me, buddy. Just go ahead. It's time. It's time. And uh, once, of course, he put the his once he put the ring on his finger, he knew he was betrayed. Wait, no, that's sorry. Once he put his hands on the orb, he knew he was betrayed. Because um, the orb had its own agenda. And then apparently we're on to the fifth movement and we're told that Cyan Bloodbane somehow, like the orb and Cyan Bloodbane somehow made centuries of horrible stuff happen to Sylvanesti in about 12 years. That is not what I signed up for when I received this dragon orb in the mail. But you too can also get... It was an opt-out option and you didn't opt-out. You did not doubt. Sorry. 
Um, you too can get a dragon orb that will ruin your civilization if you yeah. use our offer code. All right. I, don't don't I mind the to... fine print. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Now I, I I have to um I have to go ahead and pause here and, and take a look at this because as we know in the books, the powers and limitations of the dragon orbs are very, very poorly defined. Uh it, it really seems to be they could do just about uh anything. And no, I don't want an orb of dragon kind. That's a different thing. I mean, it's whatever is narratively convenient. True. This is this is the way of these things. All right, here we go. Dragon orb. Intelligent artifact. We know about the creation histories. Oh, the history. They, they have histories of the uh, the orbs. That's oh. Hmm, here's here's interesting. Everybody remember Zebula? Whomst? Zebula, he was the wet red road wizard in the uh, in the sunken city of Istar. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, that guy. It's possible that he had it. He had a dragon orb, the dragon orb from the High Tower of Sorcery at Daltagoth. Um He so he had apparently one of the lost orbs. Uh that would explain and, why he was able to keep such a low profile with everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then I, here, here's my favorite. Here's some bad judgment. Uh, the Tower of High Sorcery at Weyrith, which is the only one that's still standing other than the one in Palanthas, which is cursed and evil. Um, apparently, just before the Cataclysm, the wizards asked Fielthas to take it, which is perhaps the worst judgment in the world because Fielthas who shows up later by name check is a dragon high lord whom Lorana kills off screen in Dragons of Winter Night. Oh. Yeah. Um, let's see. The Palantha's orb is the one that was in the Tower of High Sorcery. And we know, of course, that the Istar. Uh, oh, oh, hell. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, apparently, there was a sixth orb created by only black-robed magic users who used it, who made it to control metallic dragons. Whoa. Oh, man. And it just does not list powers at all. All right. I'm not going to waste any more time with that. But yeah, okay. So dragon orbs, like real... I, you can maybe use them to teleport yourself. Uh, you can use them to talk to people telepathically you can use them to twist a forest country into a nightmare and give everybody real bad waking dreams um you can make dragons run towards you you can make dragons run towards you like i just i just think it would be i just think it would be more fun if you could do more with the dragons like if you could like they're attacking you and suddenly they stop and in unison they start singing hello my baby like that would be fun hey yo <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or like if you can make dragons your friends with the orb. I thought when they're like this can control dragons, I was like, cool. So now yeah. you've got a dragon army and it's your dragon army now because you have the dragon orb. And then they're like, no, no, no. It just summons dragons at remarkable speed to your location. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not as helpful as I thought it was gonna be. No, that's <laughs> not that's not terribly useful. Although there there yeah. is an item, what was it, the 
that I talked about in uh, a sister podcast, Flailing Through First, like the Rod of Command or something like that, that does actually, if you look at the rules, allow you to make friends with animals. Like it essentially just makes them trust you. And I'm like, okay, I would use this to train my wolf buddies. I'd just be hanging out in the forest and I make them trust me enough and feed them and be nice to them until they got used to it. And I didn't have the rod of command and they were all my friends. That's right. Magical artifacts to get me forest friends. That's all I really want. Yeah. Yeah. Allison would be very angry though. She would not be happy if I brought a, a wolf pack home, a pack of wolves home just to be like, we're just gonna chill. It's yeah, a, it's, which is it's, yeah. it's a pack chill. Yeah, Come on. you can just drop them off over here and they'll stay on my boat and it'll I'm, be fine. <laughs> like, I'm sure they'll be fine in our yard. We've got a hole and chill. We've got deer in the neighborhood. You know they're gonna be able to eat. It's gonna be fine. Seth, what is that? A smoothie? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So I think I think the dragon orm orb physics operates under the crackhead dm of like if you can sell them on it it will say yes yeah <laughs> if they think this is going to be chaotic and delightful why not i like that idea just because in my head what happened was uh the dm just because you said crackhead in my mind the dm just did a line of coke <laughs> like, yeah so the, the the dragon orb uh can make this weird like virtual reality thing oh yeah virtual reality that's good that's good okay all right that's good shit that's good shit let's do it let's do it let's do it yeah i do really like the idea that instead of it being a single personality it's 15 high-powered wizards sitting inside of an orb trapped together for eternity so when you come along and you're like i want x they just kind of look at each other and they're like are we bored enough for that (laughs) (laughs) you know you just have to convince a couple of them like it doesn't have to be all of them just enough just enough for some of them to act and you, you know, have to convince more of them the more powerful it is so if it's like i just want to do something really dumbass it's like okay one of us can do something really dumbass <laughs> if you want to like end the world it's going to take all 15 of us i i want to read that book but only if it's written by terry pratchett yes yes that would be yeah. like <laughs> it folks if you've never read any of the of terry pratchett's Discworld novels the ones with the wizards go get them and read some of them it is hilarious um but what's not hilarious is the fifth movement see there we go that was Ooh, a beautiful segue. segue yeah look at that Ooh, like peanut butter uh yeah and then basically just and sylvanesti gets horrible until the fellowship shows up and they make it better and Lorak is in a bad place and we end the poem basically the same way we started it. Yeah, I feel like we're leaving a lot on the table here about how Cyan Bloodbane got involved and why the orb is working with okay. the dragon. All right, well, let's talk about Cyan Bloodbane then, according to the, the poem. We know that Cyan Bloodbane, uh, Cyan Bloodbane, big green dragon that Lorak couldn't control, but that Raceland apparently could. Um... Which I would just like to lodge a complaint that his name is Cyan Bloodbane, which would suggest either red or blue, and it's green. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to formally lodge a complaint. Well, yeah, but Verdant Bloodbane didn't sound as good. Yes. Also, like, 
is that not perfectly draconic chaos of like someone who knows color theory is gonna be driven crazy about this when they meet me <laughs> well it's it like, worked it's like and it's the probably same not of... even his actual like that's that's his name for like the for people his for people, people name yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe that's like, my stepping out name. That's not my four close friends name. Maybe he uh, calls himself fair. Cyan Bloodbane because he bleed he breathes chlorine gas and the destruction of people's lungs turns them cyanotic. Wow, that was a stretch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It was a big stretch. <laughs> that, that's a, that, that's Ooh, a big stretch. I needed to warm up for that one. You got to pull a hammy. I know. <laughs> Uh, okay, so it, it, back in movement four, um, when Lorak figures out that the the orb has been playing this, playing him the whole time. All right, uh, the long wing beat of the dragon approached, and the trees bent and bowed in a sinister wind. I'm sorry, I just had a, another Tolkien moment. Everything's fine. <laughs> <sighs> Why in the uh, world would that happen? I, I don't know. Dragons coming in the sinister wind and, you know, dwarves fleeing their ancestral home. Anyway, look. Yeah. Um, so as Lorak beheld this all through the light of the orb and the dragon, the bloodbane came with its whispers and under its words, uh, the old stones tilted in the tower of stars as white as a sepulcher twisted and torted. It was filing yeah. some torts. Yes, I guess. it was. It was ruling ruling law. Yeah, I think they just took contorted and cut a syllable off because it didn't fit. Yeah, uh, and also you get the alliteration with twisted. So, mm -hmm. as the trees rain blood and the animals shriek, their cries like torn metal in a charmed and perpetual midnight. Uh, so it was as the centuries gathered and telescoped into the passage of a dozen years, as the bristling heart of Sylvanesti festered and doubled and hardened like crystal, and always the promise of cyan bloodbane of the dragon coiled on the crystal globe always the promise was nothing and nothing and the forest the map of a strangled country land of stillbirth of fever of warped and gangrenous age of and of long unendurable dying okay so mm -hmm. this is sort of what we were talking about before it's not really clear what the orb does it's not really clear what cyan bloodbane does because if if you it appears that nothing happens until Cyan Bloodbane gets there, but dragons can't do that. Uh, so I guess Cyan Bloodbane focusing his will through the dragon orb, making Lorax nightmares come true, and trapping everybody else again in some weird VR sim of Lorax nightmares. I mean, maybe Can dragons I use a dragon orb? Yeah, I mean, I always kind of got the impression that it was like the orb did did all the stuff to Sylvanesti, and Cyan just was like, "Ooh, this is this seems like a good place for me to chill. I'm this will be my domain," and like the dragon orb let it because that meant no one was gonna no one was gonna come in and mess with Lorak and change how things were happening. So it was like this weird evil symbiosis situation. I have a question. Do you think the orbs had different personalities? In other words, there was like this orb who's like, I need to keep me safe and I will do anything. And there's another orb who's like, hello. What would I'm you like to, to do problems. today? My name is Elder Orb. No. <laughs> 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 
I definitely think they had different personalities. But, you know, like one of the five words is just like, that'd be a lovely day for tea. Yeah. I'm keeping my head canon that it's 15 people trapped in a ball. So you just get like the the collective personality. So this one's just very violent. And then there's another one that like can never make a single decision because they're all always arguing. Yeah. I want to piggyback on that. And it's 15 people, but their personalities are fractured five ways. <laughs> just so many people. Oh boy. Yeah, so 15 people, but fractured across the five different dragon orbs exactly yeah, yeah right. that would actually that would make sense <laughs> so you oh, end up boy. getting 75 fragments of oh, people oh, I trying to make saying. decisions and yeah. like a magic eight ball anyone can come <laughs> to the surface at any time <laughs> you know it's like a, it's like inside out so like this one only got the sadness part of this dude right. so it's like it's a total personality but it's like a bunch of different yes. people yes i like it like uh, that's that's honestly not too dissimilar from what uh brandon sanderson's doing in his cosmere trilogy or not cosmere trilogy his cosmere stuff um so I haven't read it maybe you should check it out uh yeah i mean without it's a bit of a spoiler but i don't think it's a spoiler in a bad way i think it's more intriguing than not essentially uh god sort of fragmented and elements of god's personality have gone to different worlds and depending on which elements you get that controls your magic system oh like so every every single one of his um worlds has a completely different magic system anyway um but yes, I, I will say that uh, the um, Stormlight Archive books are big uh, doorstoppers, but they read pretty quickly. Um, the oh, thanks, Brain. Anyway, there's there's others that are smaller. But moving on, yes. So we're going with that as head canon. Fifteen different people, personalities broken up five ways. This one apparently got most of the evil, most of the evil stuff here. We can assume that there's another orb that's mostly good and one that can never make up its mind. And that's one the anxiety that just... orb. That one got <laughs> <Sorry>. the anxiety. <laughs> the anxiety orb's the one that got smashed. <laughs> if, if you look at your circle of fence and you find the five who are like chaos gremlins, there's a dragon orb of them. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Um, so it still doesn't answer, although it does help us choose that this orb, this orb in particular is really evil. And that's why it does what it does. Like, it, think, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. I think that also solves our craveability one is like maybe the one that Tass found in the tower. She's like, okay, guys, I'm a little sad, but okay, see you later. <laughs> the one they found in the tower in the, in the High Clarice Tower was depressed. Or, or depressed orb. That's why it can't control dragons, because it's like, can you control dragons? It's like, yeah, sure. Dragons! <laughs> <laughs> nope, no dragons. Um, yeah, and the, like, the I'll whole... give it a try. One. <laughs> One try. Um, so the whole thing this orb did is just it's going to protect itself, and it helped it is like used cyan bloodbane somehow. It was the combination of them that turned Sylvanesti into 
weird nightmare kingdom because the orb couldn't do it on its own and obviously cyan bloodbait couldn't but somehow the combination of the two of them turned sylvanesti into weird nightmare kingdom which no one can get through because all of they are all killed by their own dreams oh except for raithlin yep that's what we got <laughs> the dragon orb was like we can turn this one into a black mage <laughs> right and what's more badass and evil than that nothing yeah nothing screw this this dragon business let's go find that guy it's just this orb just got everybody's hardcore emo phase <laughs> it was like yes it's oh, wait, time it's, this was goth orb yes goth orb. yeah it's just 80s to late aughts punk pop punk and goth music just on repeat i mean everything it, it got rid of the color green everything's like emorb red and like black and uh-huh. gold and then it's hanging out with a dude named cyan bloodbane like tell me this isn't goth orb. this this sounds like a goth group yeah this yeah, sounds okay. like your goth group of friends now I want to write like a new metal song called Ponder the Goth Orb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I am there for that. Yeah. I'm we'll... really curious about the last section of this poem. Like, I'm kind of obsessed with it. I don't know what it means. Okay. Let's um, talk about it. Like, I liked your read on... Um, you come to believe in the web of yourself that history twines in the veins of your fingers, that it knits all purpose, all pardon and injury, recovers the lapsed and plausible blood, until finally in the midst of believing, you contrive among rumors, yada yada, pretty much that everything goes on forever. Yeah. But I only understand it up through that knits all purpose, all pardon and injury, because it's like, you're recognizing that in yourself is a bunch of cultural and familial history and that you don't have to think about that for that to be there or recognize it for that to be there that makes sense i have no idea what recovers the lapsed and plausible blood means okay so let's focus on lapsed and plausible right now right uh lapsed means that uh basically like you started something and then you stopped it like i uh have lapsed my workout routine because you know or like i think the most usually you hear it is like being a lapsed catholic you were catholic and then you kind of stopped doing the thing um but the blood is both lapsed and plausible which means it is not only possible but likely and the orb recovers it right okay Wait, the orb recovers it? Doesn't say, or you recover it? Hang on. Go take a look at that. Make sure I got it. Oh, the, the web of history. Okay, the web of history recovers the lapsed and plausible blood. Like all of this stuff, all of this cultural heritage would argue, I think. Okay, everybody, buckle in. Just buckle in. You did tell us you came from a literature program, so you know we had to do this to you. <laughs> right. Okay. So to this, to me, argues a movement towards a national consciousness, which I would liken to the 19th century nationalism movements. 
uh, this this is who we are. This is our land. We are this people. That kind of thing. Uh, now we know that, of course, that had some very um, negative outgrowths in the 20th century. Uh, but you can see it in um, uh, let, let's go ahead and take Germany and we'll leave out 20th century Germany because that's not what we're talking about. But for a very long time, you didn't talk about Germany. You talked about the Germanies because there were Germany was literally at one point, something like it was dozens of different countries. I don't know I how don't many, know. but there were, there, there were a lot. And there were political and social and economic forces that in the 19th century, especially sort of pushed them all together. Um, but you can see sort of the, the, uh, the eminent, uh, elements of that in, uh, like if you describe Prussian behaviors as different from Bavarian behaviors, right? They used to be two different countries. So people from Prussia were very organized and did things very, you know, which is what we associate, that's what we associate with Germany today because there was a lot of we are one people we have the shared history we are a germany rather than the germany so taking it back to dragonlance the lapsed and plausible blood seems like lorak is taking all of this stuff and he's going at some point we stopped being sylvanesti but i am here now i am this point in history i am if you will the point of the spear the tip of the spear for all of this cultural and social heritage, and I am now going to fix us. I am now going to make Sylvanesti Sylvanesti. Folks, I got that from two lines in a poem. Uh, this is what I mean about academia. And <laughs> well, I think it I think it scares with the rest of it. Because that goes until finally in the midst of believing you contrive among rumors the story, the old convolution of breath and forgetting, in which you will say beyond truth and belief, this is what it means for once and at last, what it always meant for no more than I knew from the world's beginning is all that it means forever. Yeah. So like the that goes, okay, I mean, this is this is all I have. This is what I've got. I am determining what this means. Yep. Um, it it's the only thing I wish this did was tie that last set of lines back into blood and yeah. heritage. Yeah. Because it goes from like, you're being told what everything means to now you're defining what everything means. And that's kind of cool. I just, it, it seems to diverge a little bit from you are defined by your cultural history. Um, maybe it's going, you are defined by your cultural history and now you're defining your culture. I, I think the context of that is we have to remember that Lorek is essentially the king of Sylvanesti. Yeah. So he gets to this point and whether he should or not, and whether he actually can or not, he believes that he can then define the culture of what is Sylvanesti. Yeah. And the dragon orb, is, of course, is his tool to do that. Um, which is not to say okay. that if you have better motives, you're going to be able to control a dragon orb because Raceland is possibly the most selfish person on Kryn and doesn't have a problem. Oh, I, I actually uh, I actually think it's going to be fun if we if we do get around to doing the legends uh, <laughs> to 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 get your reactions on what later Raceland does. But. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so but speaking of Raceland actions. That yes. 
will be for the next episode. That's so right. Stay it's, tuned. It's gonna be it's gonna be all wrestling all the time in the next episode. And I think I think we have come to a good stopping point uh, talking about Michael Williams' poem Lorac. Uh, so no, we have twenty three more hours. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Let's go back and do a close reading of the entire poem. No, we're not. We're not writing a dissertation. We don't need hey, to do that. You said we could do this for days. That means we have at least forty seven hours to go. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my big mouth. Um, but if you donate to the Patreon, <laughs> if you donate to the Patreon, it's just us having doing a close. If we make. Oh, no. $40,000 a month on Patreon. We'll do a close reading of Michael Williams' poem, Lorac. I was trying to think of a number that's high enough to get all of us paid a reasonable amount. <laughs> <laughs> a close reading that uh, is a season that is 48 hours long. <laughs> yeah, it's just 48 hours. We're talking about one poem. Uh, I go I go back and I hit the books and I get some critics out. We're all, it's, it's we're doing this thing. We're in I it to win a- it. I think we have enough people with uh, directing and acting experience in Blink First to really make it shine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have enough experience drinking too much Monster that I, I can't. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. All right. But let's go ahead and, and we'll call a halt here. This is a good pausing point for our discussion of Lorac. Again, more on the Patreon if you give us an ungodly amount of money. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and do plugs. And this is going to be coming out the week of the 17th, I believe. It's January 17th. So, James, do you have anything to plug? Nothing for the room, friends. Stay warm. Take care of yourself and the people you love. There we go. Uh, Naomi. Uh, nothing personally, but uh, if you haven't paid attention, uh, get boosted. Be safe. Let's beat this thing together. Uh, all right. Ricky, do you have anything? What timeline was this again? Uh, January 17th. Oh. Um, well, I'll, I'll plug it way ahead of time. Okay. Um, so stay tuned on the Ruby Heart channel on Twitch. Um, they will be going to an international speedrunning convention this year in Sweden. Um, so that should be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and they just recently competed in GDQ, and I believe that that, um, that video on demand is available if you want to go take a look. Nice. Twitch.tv slash rubyheart. Yeah, R-U-B-I-E-H-A-R-T. That's right. Patrick, January 17th, what are you plugging? Uh, nothing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just echoing the sounds of the room. Uh, stay safe. Be warm. Be vaccinated. Yep. Hey everybody, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's it's time to it's time to mask up again. Keep masking up. Don't stop masking up. Uh, I saw a graphic on the internet, and as we all know, the internet is a safe and reliable place to do research. But it indicated that. Uh, the time it takes for the infection to spread if one person is masked or if both people are masked and what type of masks they're wearing. And as I recall, if you're both wearing KN95s, it's something like 25 hours. So get some KN95s. They're not expensive. 
supply lines seem to be okay. Um, wear them on your way to get vaccinated and boosted. Getting vaccinated and boosted, as we have clearly seen, is not helping to prevent the spread of Omicron that much, but it does cut way down on the severity, right? So once again, protect yourself before you wreck yourself. Ricky, you got a hand up? What's going on? Yeah, I just have a quick go back. Uh, pro tip for getting your booster. Um, if you don't like needles, Safeway sells Baby Yoda Band-Aids. Um, they 100% increase your recovery rate. And you should also <laughs> go and get yourself an ice cream because you deserve it. 11 out of 10 doctors agree. Right. Grogu <laughs> yes. is strong in the force. Let's let's not forget Every that. single mage in the Dragon Orbs agrees. <laughs> <laughs> 15, well, out, no. 15 dragon Four, orb. it's 14 out of 15 there's always that one yeah <laughs> like, the one says you should wear the baby yoda band-aid but you should get yourself a starbucks drink on the way out instead of an ice cream right exactly that why don't refers. you get vaccinated i'm getting vaccinated thank you very much raceland yeah and i think yeah. I, I think if there's anybody anybody on crin who's immunocompromised it's probably that dude oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you heard it here. Do it for Raceland. Do it. <laughs> do it for the. Do it for the race. <laughs> oh boy, Stern Brightblade did not die. For you to walk around unvaccinated. Yes. Oh yeah. Also, uh, oh, I did think of something to plug. Look out for the new album by Emo Orb coming yeah. soon. <laughs> yes. Coming soon to not Spotify because nobody gets paid on Spotify, but maybe I do. SoundCloud. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Yeah, the hit single Bella Lugosi's Orb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for coming with us on this journey. Uh, we hope to see you next time. And of course, of course, we hope you're staying safe. Right. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, Bye now. There we go. <laughs>